And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to have you with us today. Friday, October 5th is 3.04 p.m. Here on our live local talk and variety program. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. KHMG 88.1 FM. Maybe you're in the car picking up the kids, running errands. Hoffaday to you. Hey, kids, how's it going? Maybe you're sitting at your desk at work listening through khmg.org, khmg.org. You can listen to the live stream of this broadcast and our entire radio station. Maybe you're listening to the podcast sometime way in the future. You downloaded the podcast and it's not even 2018 anymore. Hey, hello to you as well. Glad to have all of you listening, no matter how you're listening, where you're listening. KHMG.org. You can download the podcast. You can listen to live stream 88.1 FM way down there on the left side of the radio dial. You can listen to the broadcast. If you ever missed part of the show, tune in Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound. When we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it, we realize that many of you cannot listen to two straight hours of radio. That's unheard of. It's absurd. You're too busy. You have things to do. People to see, places to go, bills to pay. Yeah, I, I got you. I'm the same way. So I just tune in noon to 2 Saturday or 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. Catch a little bit of the show here, a little bit there. Tell my friends about it. Go to the website, download the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. Listen to the stream through khmg.org. A lot of different ways. But I am glad you're with us here for our Friday afternoon, two-hour live local talk and variety program where we hope to entertain you, inform you, and edify you, build you up in your Christian walk. We want to give you an alternative on a Friday afternoon that's going to be good for you, good for the family, and uh, you'll walk away with a smile on your face, I hope. My name's Jared Baldwin, I'm the host, and this is episode 284 on this Friday, October 5th. And today's topic is English. Going to have a guest in here, a wingman, Chris Wolseley, who from Ireland lived many years in Australia and then now here on Guam. We're going to talk a little bit about the English language and the differences between the Queen's English and my Midwestern dialect, plus some stuff about Australia, cricket, rugby, all kinds of things. It should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. He'll be here as a wingman throughout the show. We'll also have Lawrence Nangast here with This Day in History, Sebastian Basildua with the quiz, Chris Harper with the news, and What's in My Coffee, as well as Stranger Than Fiction stories and things having to do with our topic of the day, English. So, let's get started. It is October, October 5th, and this list of bizarre and unique holidays and observances I just downloaded a little while ago. The month of October is 
Adopt a Shelter Dog Month, American Pharmacist Month, Applejack Month. Now, I learned that Applejack and Applejacks, two totally different things. Applejack cereal is a delightful, tasty, Fruit Loop type cereal, but just has a slightly different taste. The milk to that cereal just tastes mm, awesome. Some of you listening know what I'm talking about. Applejack cereal, it's the bomb. Applejack, on the other hand, is an alcoholic beverage, which I totally discourage you from drinking that or celebrating that month, Applejack month. But it is uh, observance. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Clergy Appreciation Month, Computer Learning Month, Cookie Month, Domestic Violence Awareness Eat Country Ham Month, mm. International Drum Month, Diabetes Month nationally, Pizza Month nationally, Vegetarian Month, Popcorn Popping, Sarcastic Month, oh really? Yeah, it is. And Seafood Month. Uh, let's see here, some weekly celebrations. This first week of October is Get Organized Week, which now is as good a time as any if you're disorganized to just get organized. And also, customer service week. So if you work in an industry where customer service is part of what you do, this is a great week to celebrate it. First few days of October, these are the daily holidays, special days, and observances. Uh, let's see here. International Day for the Elderly was the first, along with Homemade Cookie Day and Vegetarian Day. The second was National Custodial Worker Day, Name Your Car Day. The third was National Boyfriend's Day, Kale Day. That's the first Wednesday of October. Techie Day, Virus Appreciation Day. The fourth yesterday was National Golf Day, Frap Day. You know, like Frappuccino. Do Something Nice Day is today. World Smile Day is also today. World Teacher Day is also today. Tomorrow, the 6th of October, Come and Take a Day, International Frugal Fun Day, Mad Hatter Day, Physician Assistant Day, World Card Making Day is the first Saturday of the month. The 7th, Bald and Free Day, Oktoberfest in Germany ends on the 7th. Dates may vary. The 8th, American Touch Tag Day. Columbus Day is the 8th as well, for the second Monday of the month. Curious Events, Fire Prevention is the 9th. Leaf Erickson Day is the 9th. Moldy Cheese Day is the 9th. The 10th, Emergency Nurses Day, second Wednesday of the month in October. International Newspaper Carrier Day, National Angel Food Cake Day, Take Your Teddy Bear to Work Day, and my daughter Kayla's 24th birthday, the 10th of October, 10-10. Oh, that would also make it a Bonza Butler Day. Just saying. The 11th, it's my party, cookbook launch, Old Farmers Day. Oh, wait. Cookbook launch in Old Farmers is the 12th, along with Moan of Frustration, National Gumbo Day, and World Egg Day. To name a few things that are just happening this month. Yeah, there's a lot going on this month. And, uh, whoa, I just looked across the room, and I see a delightful treat that was just brought in by Sebastian Basildua, uh, new father and um, married to the staff baker. Sebastian, what did you just bring in? Well, my m wife saw this. Well, first off, she saw the Great British Baking Show last okay. night. And yes. so uh, I think that spurred her into some creativity. And uh, so she just brought in some delicious uh, caramel apples. Yeah, these, these caramel apples 
are we're gonna we'll get a picture and we're gonna put them on the Facebook page. So I encourage you in about five minutes, I want you to go on Facebook, check out the picture of these caramel apples. Thank you, Jessica. Staff Baker. Every talk radio show should have a staff baker. That I, I'm just saying that because uh, people just don't realize just how wonderful it is to have a staff baker. So uh, I'm going to take a little break right now, and we're going to listen to a little Harvest Highlights. But I wanted to make sure that uh, our listeners know that you can tune in Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m. Download the podcast through khmg.org. Let us know you're listening on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us on Facebook, subscribe, and you'll get updates every time we upload a new podcast or we send out a link to something great we'd love to hear from you through facebook or through our website khmg.org or just stop by and see us monday through friday business hours love to see you come by the studio here on the third floor directly above the hub here at harvest we're going to take a short break when we come back after harvest highlights we're going to dig into these beautiful caramel apples a little more live till five after this short break Back with a little more live till five, episode two hundred and eighty-four on this Friday, October fifth, three nineteen p.m. here at the KMG Studios. Glad to have you with us today. It's going to be a great show today. I, I just I have a good feeling about it. Uh, even if I hadn't had a good feeling about it, I definitely have a good feeling about the fact that we're getting ready to, for the first time ever, eat caramel apples or caramel apples uh, on the air. And uh, hopefully it's it's almost enjoyable for you, the listening audience, as it is for us. Uh, maybe if we describe them really well. So we have uh, in studio, I have Chris Wolseley, Sebastian, Basil Dua, Chris Harper, myself, and then Lawrence is on his way up. He better hurry up and get up here. We're going to eat his caramel apples. Chris Wolseley, by the way... What do you call this this concoction? Is it caramel, caramel, caramel? Caramel. You, caramel. Oh, caramel. So you do three syllables. Caramel. Well, that's how it's spelled. But, would, yeah. Okay. And then uh, that's you have a good point there, but you just said spelt too. So, uh, you know, spelled, spelled. <laughs> uh, Sebastian, how do you say those? Caramel. Caramel. Chris Harper, how do you say that right there? Caramel. Caramel. Or if okay. I'm in my fancy voice, it's caramel. Caramel. Like, basically like Chris Wolseley. You use a fancy Emphasize. voice. You have a fancy voice? Yeah. What when do you use a fancy voice? I'm describing a drink. Okay. Well, okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. And that's, well, that's, that's a regular that's thing here. So Warm voice. Well, um, I grew up saying caramel. But then I've gotten so confused by hanging out with so many different people here that uh, sometimes I say caramel, sometimes I say caramel, sometimes I say caramel. So, but whatever it is, it sure looks good. And I believe, Chris, did you post some pictures to the Facebook page? I just posted a picture of the caramel. Um, For the listening audience at home. So these are not available in stores. You cannot order these online. 
Um, there's no bakery on Guam that's going to make these. Basically, if you want to get a caramel apple like this, first, start a radio show. That's step one. And then about 284 episodes into the show, make sure that you've staffed appropriately where some of your staff either are bakers or are married to bakers. <laughs> and then while said staff are on maternity leave, have them watch the Great British Baking Show season three. And then, and only then, you might get some caramel or caramel or caramel apples uh, on your show. But the good thing for you listeners is at least you're going to get to hear about it uh, profusely. So these <laughs> these uh, look really amazing. I think we just need to go ahead and hand these out. And if Lawrence doesn't hurry up and get up here, um, he's he's uh, he's just not going to make it. Oh, no yeah, wonder. Yeah, look at that. There it is. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, that's I'm a good picture. I'm that's showing a good around picture. the uh, picture of the caramel or caramel apples. I just uh, realized that I meant to send this picture to Lawrence, but I actually sent it to my wife so <laughs> that Lawrence doesn't know. Uh, that we're going to eat his um, caramel apple here. Yeah. So I'm going to send it to him right now. Oops. Send Have we figured out uh, what kind of nuts are on the top of it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sebastian, why don't you read us the ingredients on this here? Pecans, Granny Smith apples, homemade caramel, and a chocolate drizzle. I just texted you, Lawrence. The, the chocolate, now. Milk the, the, chocolate drizzle. Homemade caramel. Does she make it with like a condensed sweetened milk? You want to know sugar? the truth? I, I said <laughs> yes. We would. I, I, I didn't know. I said, um, aren't you going to get some caramel? You know, caramel. Uh-huh. Yeah, like and, buy the little the and, little squares. And she's like, no, I'm going to make my own. And I was yep. like, that's what the brown sugar's for. And I'm still not adding two and two because I don't really know how it's made. So I'm like, I believe okay. it's made with <laughs> condensed milk and some form of sugar. Probably yeah, brown she had, sugar she had condensed like. milk, but I, and you heat yeah. it up, and it just it slowly turns. I wasn't sure it if caramelizes for the uh, for the uh, banana curry that she's going to make here next week. So. Wow, <laughs> next Friday, I won't be here. So. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry, Lawrence. Sorry. Sorry. There you yeah. go. I prematurely yeah, that's all right. spoke out. That's all right. There's a number of different ways I think you can make caramel, depending on how sweet you want it to be. But uh, just melted sugar. What, or however, form. the best way is is Jess the way that we're getting it. ready today. Yeah. Yep. This is, uh, is going to be Nothing amazing. Nothing like fall, like a little uh, that's caramel right. apple. Yeah. It's not just about pumpkin chai. And people. if we had a, a, a craft of hot apple cider here. Oh. Oh. We'd, we'd be we'd, uh, we'd nearly be at an apple orchard maybe a somewhere stein. in Michigan. Maybe a stein. I could do a stein of hot <laughs> apple cider. One of those German yeah. steins that has like a the Valkyrie on the on side it. and the lid pops open. Yeah. It's made out of pewter. In- yes. Eagle wings is That's the little right. uh, lip that you, yeah. uh, you put your A vessel your with a pestle has the brew that is true, but the flagon with the dragon. Is, what, it, how's that go? Uh, the, the, the poison with the dragon. You sprung it on us. The flagon with the dragon. Has the brew that is true, but the vessel with the pestle is the... Is the uh, has the powder with the poison. the powder with the poison? Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Uh, anyway, well, I just want to have uh, some <laughs> apple. Well, why don't we hand these out, uh, Sebastian? Could you serve those up, or yeah. can we just pass them around, get some napkins here, and try not to make everything sticky? Uh, for the listening audience, by the way, to from my left to my right, right I have Chris Harper here, Lawrence Nangast, Chris Wolseley is the new voice you're hearing oh. uh, on a limited. He's he's on limited one night appearance here on the. Uh, Live till five show. Often Glad referred to, to as CW. CW, and uh, he's a he's a constant texter of the show and a fact checker. And oftentimes he will also um, it, take issue. Like if we don't 
mention or give credit to uh, very important things like the cricket test match that's happening, you know, in Pakistan that day or something like that. So we asked Chris if he'd be willing to come on today. And our topic is going to be talking about the differences between English, like American English and the Queen's English and things like that. How about like that, that test match, by the way? Yeah. How, how did that go? Uh, a lot of centuries. Wh- wh- who's playing right now in cricket, by well, the right, way? There's a test match going on right now. Is there really? Yeah. India's playing the West Indies. Okay. And Australia will be playing Pakistan. Really? Yeah, I believe it's uh, kickoff is tonight or tomorrow night. Kickoff. And they're not playing in Australia or they're not playing in Pakistan, but they're playing in Dubai instead. Okay. All right. Well, this sounds like a good time to talk about cricket, uh, if there is such a thing. Um, here we go. Uh, As Chris, I want to talk or about a good time. A good time to talk about cricket, oh, like to okay. put the two together here. Um, so first off, I- I've learned a little bit about cricket. Knowing you're coming up here, Chris, I wanted to educate myself on cricket. And I want He's to know if you're thespian. if you're familiar with uh, these terms. These terms. Oh. So <laughs> that's my point. Do you know, Chris, <laughs> what a in in cricket lingo? What a beamer is? A beamer is a full pitched ball. Okay, that's right. Usually uh, bowled at the batsman's head. They say. Okay, what's a dibbly dobbly? A dibbly dobbly? I have no idea. <laughs> it's a slow, not particularly good bowling effort. This is from the New York Times, so it must be true. Uh, what's a duck in the scoring? Well, a duck, uh, let me clarify that. You've got a duck and you have a golden duck. A golden duck is um, uh, when you're a batsman and you get out first ball without scoring. And a duck is, a regular duck is getting out without scoring. You could have faced 10 balls, 20 balls, 50 balls. It's like if you got several dibbly dobblies in a row, you might wind you end up, up with a duck. golden duck. Well, I'm not too sure about this dibbly dobbly bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you're quoting the New York Times. Yeah. Well, okay. How, how about know? this one? They're New Yorkers. Have you ever heard of uh, Duckworth Lewis? Duckworth Lewis. It's a um, measurement system that is used to determine the winner of a one-day cricket match. Uh, where it's been intervened by rain. Wow. You got it. That is exactly it. Um, I cannot believe you knew that. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, What's a googly? A googly is it's bowled by a uh, spinner. Mm -hmm. It's a full-speed (laughs) dibbly-dobbly. The googly is bowled out of the back of the hand, uh, but however... The the bowler has the ability to confuse the batsman, and the batsman might think the ball is going to spin one way, but in fact it spins the other way. That's exactly right. Uh, that's a dusra, I believe. Okay, and a handled ball. Have you ever heard of a handled ball before? Well, one's not supposed to handle the ball when they're uh, playing cricket, when you're batting. Yeah. Uh, how, however, the number of times that a batsman has been out uh, handled the balls probably can be counted on one hand. On two hands, but you're very close. It has happened only nine times in international cricket history, most recently in 2001, when Michael Vaughn, or Vaughan, of England absent-mindedly brushed a ball that had landed at his feet. Who was he playing? I don't know. It doesn't say. Do you know who? Australia? I'm thinking Australia. Probably. Uh, You know what a Nelson is? A Nelson 
is uh, someone who gets out on the score of 111. Wow. Do you know where it gets its name? Uh, Nelson comes from the British Admiral. Uh, Admiral. Yeah. That's right. Admiral Horatio Nelson had only one eye, one arm, and one leg. So, yeah. 111. Actually, he had two legs, but that's how they remember him. So, uh, it's considered unlucky as well. Uh, how about a rabbit? Do you know who the rabbit is on the team? The rabbit is, that's a position that I used to play. The rabbit is someone who uh, has got no idea when it comes to holding the bat, but is a very good bowler. There you go. Quite likely to make a duck, uh, it says here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what's a sitter? S-I-T-T-E-R. Sitter. An absolute sitter. Yeah, an absolute sitter. An absolute sitter is basically you lob the ball out, the batsman lobs the ball out after hitting it, and the fielder just completely drops it. That's Yeah. It, it, Same it, as in soccer. Yeah. Basically, you got an open goal. And you blow it. You kick it over mm-hmm. the top or kick it to the side. or It's the same thing, a sitter. Don't they call in, in baseball, don't they call it like a can of soup or something when it's like a real easy yeah. ball to catch? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's very similar to that. Right. Sledging. Have you ever heard of sledging? I definitely have heard of sledging. Um, I believe, unfortunately, um, the worst sledges uh, in the game of cricket are, unfortunately, from Australia. Uh, that's where they... They will uh, say unsavory things to the batsman, uh, either while he's sitting at the crease or standing at the crease or when he's just about getting ready to face the ball. From the unsavory bowler. things, eh? Extremely unsavory unsavory things. things. Yeah. That's uh, a trash talking, basically. <laughs> yeah. Even though cricket's supposed to be such a gentleman's sport, there's quite a lot of sledging. And uh, sometimes it's even picked up by on-field microphones. Uh, do you know what a slog sweep is? A slog sweep is, well, a sweep is where a batsman will take the ball down the leg side and a slog sweep is, uh, I believe, the other name for it is reverse sweep. Yes. So he will, rever- he will sweep it instead of going to the leg side to the offside. Yeah, so he almost swings. Uh, the, the batsman goes down on one knee and hammers the ball essentially behind himself in a bid for a six, whatever that means. Uh, the twelfth man. Do you know what the twelfth man's job is? The twelfth man's duties are to carry the drinks. Yes, he's the water boy of the team, basically, because the games can last. Uh, let's see here; they can last uh, eight hours, and so people have to stay hydrated. Apparently. It's a totally different thing. The twelfth man, like in Seattle, we have the twelfth man. It's the fans, right? Right. right yep. So they say we're the twelfth man. They well, in Australia, it's the, a, they're the thirteenth yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Right. And uh, finally, what is a wicket? Because many people have heard of sticky wicket, a wicket. What is that? Well, a wicket is uh, either it's the or either um, what you're playing on the the pitch itself, or it is uh, sometimes the stumps are referred to wickets. Uh, but most normally, uh, the wicket is uh, the equivalent to baseball to an out. It's like you wrote this article. You said it almost word for word, what the article said. You know your cricket. And I've never said that sentence ever in my life to anyone. So you're the first person I've ever well, known that why, knows his cricket. Then why, why let's say in a, in a soccer match, someone will kick the ball between the legs of the um the goalkeeper, and they'll say, right through the wickets. 
You know, like how does that correlate? Well, then? the two uh, the two, the two legs are the are the okay. stumps or the wickets. Okay, gotcha. There you go. All right. All right. Now, uh, yeah. do you know what a cricket ball is made out of? A cricket ball is made out of um, uh, the inside is cork, a little round, probably uh, maybe size of a golf ball. Uh, yeah, about the size of a golf ball, and then it is wound and wound and wound and wound and wound by um, twine or cord. And then it is covered by, on on the outside, by a leather capping. Yep. And what color is a cricket ball usually? Uh, Test cricket. It's red. Yep. Uh, One day cricket. And 2020 cricket, it is white. Okay. All right. I heard they're starting to do, uh, have some pink cricket balls that can be played, so they can play into the evenings. So they're a little more visible, apparently. Um, so, the danger of cricket balls, I was reading about this, people have died getting hit by these things. These are harder than baseballs. And um, there was a, a guy got killed November 2014, Australia and South Australia batsman Philip Hughes died at the age of 25 at a Sydney hospital after succumbing to injury sustained from being hit on the side of the neck by a bouncer bowled by Sean Abbott during the Sheffield Shield game. The same week... Hillel Oscar, an umpire and former captain of Israel's national cricket team, died after being hit in the neck by a ball. Uh, very extremely unfortunate accident. Um, but as a result, of, I actually saw that. Uh, I was actually watching the game uh, live, and um, I wasn't aware that uh, Phil Hughes uh, had passed on, but... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sorry to bring to up a sore subject. I just, I was amazed that it was so, that it has a certain amount of danger. It's unfortunate. I mean, that ball is coming at you in excess of a hundred mile an hour. So, if you're not uh, adequately protected, and in his particular accident, I mean, he was wearing a full face helmet and guards, and it just slipped in behind the rear end, uh, I guess, between his neck, the back of his neck, and his ear. So it's brought about additional protection now for wow. batsmen when they go out to uh, to play cricket these days. You'll actually see uh, these kind of add-on patches they've added onto the back of the helmets. Sure. Okay. How many, ste- so. how many steps can the pitcher, what, what bowler. the bowler? Excuse me. The, the bowler b- can take as many steps as he wants. I mean, which um, is why they they can actually throw the ball faster than a pitcher in the MLB because a pitcher in MLB has basically a windup. Yeah, can only take one That's step. That's his bet. He's got the stretcher, the uh, the uh, from the stretcher. What's the other one? Um, there are those two. Anyways, so that'd be the difference. That's why the um, ball's going so much no, it's faster. That's more technique. Oh. I mean, we have. Um, there's a, a guy by the name of uh, Wazim Akram. Uh, he, he, he bowls off a very short run-up, but uh, he's from Pakistan, by the way. Uh, he bowls from a very short run-up, maybe of 10, 15 paces, but he's one of the fastest bowlers in the world. So it's more technique. They bounce it, too. Yeah, but I have yeah. to believe it's, it's the fact that they can take a few steps. Well, and, and they heavier, do a full, balls heavier I think, too, right? Yeah, and yeah, they do the full wind-up. It's, it's almost like a fast pitch softball where they totally whip whip the ball all the way around and but that's so. also why the batter's wearing catcher gear basically yeah for those yeah. that are trying to picture it yeah, He's yeah. Got pads as opposed on. to just a helmet the gloves so, have got like big sausage paddings on them yeah so uh, it's helmet. it's it's confusing because they're basically dressed like a combination of 
a hockey goalkeeper and someone going to Easter Sunday brunch and getting their picture taken because they're dressed up, but then they have all this. Pre- they're wearing like slacks and uh, you know white dress shoes and and uh, a sweater, you know from from uh, some British department store, and then they have all this uh, hardware and gear on to protect themselves. It's it's kind of a gentlemanly. Yeah, like polo. Know, yeah, and they stop and have a little tea, and then the they come back out. And is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sorry, I'm way. I'm I'm really insulting a lot of people, and I'm probably alienating a, a huge amount of listeners here. Okay, so something I don't understand, also, Chris. And we're going to take a break here, and I'm going to finish my apple. Uh, all the caramel came off in one bite, it and did. I had I to stop. That. Okay, so there, according to Cricket Next uh, website. Um, there are three different rankings. There's the test rankings, the ODI rankings, and the T20 rankings. The top three in the test rankings right now, as of today, are India, number one, South Africa, number two, Australia, number three, England, number four. Uh, but the ODI rankings, England's number one, India's number two, New Zealand, number three. And then the T20 rankings, Pakistan, India, Australia, England. What's the difference between those three systems there? Test cricket is played over five days. Okay. Uh, two innings per side. Uh, ODI stands for One Day Internationals. Okay. That's uh, one innings, 50 overs per side. And T20 is uh, 20 over cricket, one innings per side. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And so it's the same teams can compete, the same national teams. It's just a different type of match. Well, actually, uh, in this day and age... People have uh, uh, become, um, what's the word, like uh, they become more able to play 2020 cricket versus playing test cricket. So they have the, the capabilities because the 2020 is played over a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like bang, 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 and it's over. Wow. So they have the ability, a better ability to watch the ball, hit the ball, and uh, versus being able to go and play test cricket. That takes, test cricket takes... Uh, and an enormous amount of concentration yeah. over a five-day period. Wow. Do people take off of work to go watch test cricket matches and things? No comment. <laughs> people are supposed to be at work. I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break and regroup and get these caramel apples going. And then when we come back, Chris Wolves is going to continue on as our wingman for the day. We're going to have a little What's in My Coffee? This day in history and a quiz with Sebastian Basil Dua. So stick around, listeners. This is episode 284, live till 5 on Friday, October 5th, 3.40 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Back after this short break. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to have you with us in studio. Friday, October 5th, 3.46 p.m., episode 284. We lost one of our team members at a a dental malfunction. Who would have thought that his 
Wife's cooking would be his demise. <laughs> yep. He uh, he took a bite of the caramel apple, and 31 and a half of his teeth came back out. <laughs> One half of his tooth remained. Well, no, it was in his hand. Well, then he pulled it out. No, he, he didn't have 31 and a half in his hand, and half remained. No, in the apple, one half oh, remained oh, in the apple. the apple. Yeah, thirty-one and a half came out. And I guess you, could, I could see how that could be taken both ways. Good point, Lawrence. You know, it's like yeah. it's a, it, it, that segues it into ways. our segues into our uh, English. Yeah, no, he didn't lose all his teeth except for one half. He actually had one half of his tooth, a crown, uh, come out while eating the apple. I told him not to eat the stick, but he just was so hungry. Yeah, he was gnawing on it. <laughs> now. You know, I wouldn't be willing to lose a tooth over many things, but pretty much anything Sebastian's wife has cooked for this show, I'd lose a tooth over. I'd probably, I mean, I'm probably going to lose a foot over eventually with diabetes, so, you know, it's it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. For the listening a foot, audience. as in an appendage, not a, yeah. a, a height of your body. No, no, no well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You know, I got to watch my sugar intake, guys. Yeah, I'm 5'2 so, today. <laughs> so um, we need to put a little disclaimer on that picture that... Um, yeah, teeth not included. Teeth, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe, it, it, you know, those <laughs> those uh, caramel apples are amazing. Just amazing. Um, okay, I won't tease about diabetes anymore. One of my faithful listeners, TB, told me don't tease about it so yeah no more tease yeah i don't tease about to, other you better listen to tb tb um i don't tease about other people's diabetes only yep. my own just yours and little debbie and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh 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 sebastian we're sorry about the crown you're probably listening as you're jetting over to the dentist to get that thing glued back in um hey while it's out go ahead and finish your caramel apple yeah we got two more up here for I mean, the next two that walk in the door so here. yeah we last time we said that we had someone run up here bryce call we really up. did and he joined we do the show have for half someone if someone's listening and they'd like to come and have a caramel apple with us please come we join probably us. should put them in the fridge they're they're melting a little you bit know what there. if someone comes up now they could have sebastian's uh coffee drink as well whoa I'm double or saying, nothing you know because wow. he's just gonna they gotta tell us what a googly is though that's right. Hopefully they've been listening. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I got one of our listeners just told me that uh, he is a diabetes expert. He's actually a local physician, and uh, he doesn't mind me joking about it at all. So, well, that's thank comforting. You. Thank You've you, got one and one. Thank you, JH. I appreciate that, and uh, <laughs> keep listening. He's also the one that said my my singing of the Freeze Meister and Heat Meister song last week, although I got some of the lyrics wrong, was on point. That is the Rankin and Bass show oh, man. that I was talking about. I had never heard Lawrence, of that so, in sorry. my life, though. I, that's the, yeah, that's the talking to the Freeze Meister. Freeze Meister. Yeah. Instantly. I, now, I've seen I think that. it's Snow Miser. Yeah. Snow Miser. Maybe it's, Snow yeah, that's what he said. Okay. What do you say? Snow Miser and Heat Meister. <laughs> what were you calling it? Snow Meister? I was calling him Freeze Meister. <laughs> Freeze Meister and Heat Meister. Snow Miser. Snow and Heat Miser. I, the only time I've seen that as as a meme, just yes. like that. That's the only okay. time I've ever seen that in my yeah. life. I mean, it was it was uh, silver and gold. Yes. And the and the snowman. Yep. My whole growing up years. And then you brought that to light. Same Rankin era. And Bass. Same era. 
Had no clue. Hey, tis the season. We will we'll maybe play some of the excerpts uh, as we get closer to the Christmas holidays. So. No, no idea what you guys are rattling on. It's about. a. Hey, yeah. Have your kids ever watched some of those Christmassy cartoons? By the way, we have someone listening that says not fair. They have to go out and uh, coach a soccer game right now. Um, you know, all I can say to that listener is. You should have thought about that. You should have weighed <laughs> weighed your options. I'll tie Invest a little rope. in the lives of 20 children or get some free I'll treats I'll tie a little rope on one of these wooden sticks and lower it from the third window like oh, Rapunzel. That would just be mean. And we could just dangle it over you car would, line. You would have people just tearing each <laughs> other up for They'd be just jumping that. up for a bite. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we might have to get uh, don't want to cause a riot. some of these other guys <laughs> on the show. Clamoring for this caramel apple. Those nuts oh are going to dribble off. Oh yeah, boy. they would. Just give them a snack, though. <laughs> it would just be, be a couple for them to try. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, um, we we have some drinks coming up from the Hub, and we don't really have... Well, you know, we got nine minutes before the top of the hour. This might be a good time to do a little This Day in History. Um, so today is Friday, October 5th. I'm sure a number of things have happened on October 5th in history, some of which might be worth noting today yeah. during this segment. We attempt. This is why most people tune in is for this next it five really, minutes. <laughs> it really is, without question. Yep. The reason people. Yep. Are Your on mom this radio is probably down. listening from Delaware. She could be. Maryland. Maryland. But I knew it was area. one of those small states. Same area. Who yeah. cares about yeah. geography? Yeah. 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 East Coast. This is history, not geography. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Educate us. October 5th. What's happened? Sure. Worth noting. 1789, French Revolution. Women of Paris march on Versailles in the march to Versailles to come front Louis XVI about the refusal to promulgate the decrees on the abol- uh, abolition of feudalism, demand bread, and have the king and his court move to Paris. Um, I think what I'm finding is I like finding an event or two that are a big deal in history rather than give a lot of one-liners. But uh, this is a big deal because you have uh, Louis the 14th, 15th, 16th, counting setting up Paris uh, to not be so successful. Things that set the people off were like when they would send money over to America to help with the Revolutionary War at this time. And the people in Paris or the people in France, for that matter, were, were just scrambling around for just a loaf of bread. And there were hardly any. Uh, the aristocrats were eating Cake. Un, un, yeah, unbelievable amounts of food, and the people right outside the doors of Palace of Versailles and in Paris were, were dying. And then money was going to the rich, and then money was going to America, and that sent a message. Well, then they came here for bread, and a rumor has it that Marie Antoinette, his wife, said let them eat cake. She didn't actually say that. But uh, there's there's documentaries on their lifestyle uh, that's pretty extravagant living. Um, Marie Antoinette had her hair done in in crazy ways that would take sometimes a full day to do the updo, where she'd have like did she have one of those little bump things like one of those? Oh no, it was bigger than that. It was oh. like she'd have full naval battles happening in her hair, really like boats. And things in her hair. That's uh, what mine looked like food. when I got up this morning. Yeah, naval some days. Battle. Some days, that's what I call it. Battle of Trafalgar. Got the old naval battle look today. <laughs> Horatio Nelson, yeah. <laughs> so those this um, happened, and this was the last night that a French monarch lived in Versailles. They arrested him. Not arrested. I guess it was a civil arrest. I don't even know if that's the right yeah, term. No. Yeah, you could, so to speak. I So to speak. Yeah. Brought the king and queen into Paris made them rule from there because that was the other thing versailles is 12 miles out of the city and they would just hang out there 
have parties. Uh, so they weren't even in the capital city uh, and escaped to Versailles. And so they brought them back in and they would both end up dying um, in Paris and never going back out during the French Revolution. Wow. So, yeah, um, big, big problems there in France at that day and age. I wonder if, if they would have had caramel apples at that time, if Marie Antoinette might have been falsely accused of saying, let them eat caramel apples. Caramel apples. She probably just no, lowered she one said, down she said, out of a window. Let them eat caramel apples. Yeah. Well, this is a, a minor <laughs> example of this, but pop culture can institutionalize a saying, whether it was actually said by the person or not. Oh, sure. You remember when Sarah Palin was running as the vice, president? vice presidential candidate, or nominee, nominee, yeah. and um, she said something about there are parts of Alaska where you can see Russia, and somebody on Saturday Night Live, I don't remember the name of the lady on Saturday Tina Fey. Tina Fey, probably. Said, I can see Alaska from my house. and then From they my went, back porch, yeah. Right. And they went around asking people whether or not Sarah Palin had said that. And they said, yeah, she's an idiot. She said she could see uh, Russia from her house, which she never said at all. But in popular parlance, it was believed yep. that she was so stupid that she thought she could see Russia from her house. So it's kind of you got a similar yeah. thing. Happening. So you got to do a little fact checking. Yeah. A little fact checking, which they were, had easily uh, the ability to do back in 1796, seventeen. Yes. Uh, yeah, they didn't have Snopes, but but they could have asked <laughs> around. They it couldn't Google it. 1789. Let them eat caramel apples. Yeah, let me check Snopes on that. Snopes or Snopes? What a, Snopes. Snopes. S-N-O-P-E-S. No, Snopes. I think it's Snopes. There's only one O. It's a, it's a website where you check and make sure things are true. I think it's a, a spoof on, on Snoops. Yes. I think it's so that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Sometimes we just pronounce one O. Ooh. Uh, 1916, Adolf Hitler is wounded in the left thigh by an exploding shell during the Battle of the Somme. Adolf Hitler, um, nobody really gave him credit. They didn't like his art skill and got booted out of the art you know, application process twice in Austria. Um, it's one of the reasons why he hated the, the Jews so much is because he was watching them get accepted and, in his mind, preferential treatment when he thought he was a better artist. Uh, they were getting into the art school, and he was not, amongst other things. But that really what sent him down the track. But here he was actually a messenger guy in World War One. That's what it, the the army didn't even accept him. So he couldn't. He wasn't an artist, and he wasn't even a soldier. But he was injured on the front lines delivering messages here in the Battle of the Somme. To where he got. Uh, I don't know what the. I can't remember what the German. Not quite the Medal of Honor, but a very high honor for being injured in battle. Um, and, he, and he wasn't necessarily a soldier, um, even though obviously he's going to change that in the next 20 years. But um, rough life that guy had growing up. Um, parents were dead. Grandpa then died who was raising him. Rejected by art school twice. Rejected by the military twice. No excuse, but he had a rough go. Um, anyways, so we'll move on. But he was injured on this day back in 1916. Uh, 1947, Harry Truman makes the first presidential address televised from the White House. 1947. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I don't know how many TVs were in the general home back then, but couldn't have been many. Uh, I'm assuming most, um, most people were still listening to that on the radio than watching it on TV, I would guess. 
1956, catcher Yogi Berra becomes fourth New York Yankee. Speaking of the Yankees and, and baseball and all that, they uh, won, I think, last night. And then um, who won today? Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee on a walk-off, I believe. But anyways, Yogi Berra was of the New York Yankees to hit a baseball World Whoa. Series Grand Slam in Game 2 at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. But the Dodgers won 13-8. to eight. Well, he had a dibbly-dobbly in the fourth he uh, did. try on the pitch. It was a dibbly-dobbly back to the catcher, or back to the pitcher, yeah. and the guy stole second, and, and ultimately that's why they won, probably. <laughs> Can't have a dibbly-dobbly from catcher <laughs> no to pitcher. No dibbly-dobblies, <laughs> please, So Yogi. Well, with the last minute, always like to end with a uh, a power event, yes. you know, that, that's both positive and um, memorable, I guess you could say. And usually it's tough. Usually it's tough, but we'll go. Um, well, let's see here. The 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 the, the thronging masses here. are waiting. Yeah, there's just there's just not really a whole lot happening here. Um, just let's just stop on uh, Adolf Hitler being injured. Yeah, that's that's not depressing. You know, at back all. in 1960, nothing good has happened in the last nope. 102 years. You know what happened on October 5th? Sebastian lost a crown. He eating did. A caramel. We're apple. bringing that up next year. That's right. That's right. October fifth, twenty eighteen. It's going on the list of strange observances. Sebast my daughter's was birthday. Down half two. Is it both my daughter's birthdays? Two today. birthdays today on the same day. Which, yeah. which ones? The, Elizabeth and Hannah. The Pratts have that right. same scenario. Only theirs are two years apart, and theirs are in May. I think yep. May tenth. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we're going to take a That's short unique. break. Listeners, don't go away. We have another hour, including What's in My Coffee and our little quiz. So stick around. This is Live Till 5. We're listening to it on KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News in the second hour of Live Till 5. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday, October 5th, 4.05 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. want to encourage you to go to our website, khmg.org, khmg.org, where you can download podcasts of this show and many other wonderful programs we produce right here locally at the KHMG Studios. You can also find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Give us a little thumbs up there. Follow us, and you'll get updates every time we add something to our Facebook page, which is regularly. You can download the podcast through the link right there, actually, on our Facebook page, and we'd love for you to do so. Also, some of you listen at your desk through our website, khmg.org. We have people on Friday afternoons that they can't break away from their desk to go sit in the car to listen to the radio. That would be very impractical, but they just turn on khmg.org, and they listen to a beautiful live stream of our show and if you ever miss part of the show, but you want to catch it later on, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., catch us on The Rebound. We rebroadcast all two hours of the show. We do that because we realize many people cannot listen to two straight hours of radio, so they catch a little bit here, a little bit there. Also, tell your friends about it. 
and uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Now, having studio, all joking aside, we hope Sebastian's tooth is going to be fine. Uh, But Chris Harper, Chris Wolseley, Lawrence Nangas, and myself starting the second hour off. Our drinks are on their way up from the hub as we speak. I, I can sense it that there there are going to be drinks appearing very soon. Plus, I just talked to them on the phone right before the show started. So, we're going to have our drinks and talk about what's in my coffee here in just a moment. But let's go ahead and play a quiz. Sebastian put a ton of blood, sweat, and tears into the uh, quiz, and we want to make sure that we get to honor his memory by taking the quiz right now. He didn't die; he just broke his tooth. But you know what I mean. So, Chris is going to conduct the quiz. And yes. Then Chris Wosley, Lawrence Nangas, and Jared Baldwin are going to compete for swell prizes. I feel like I'm already behind the eight ball. That's, really? Yeah. I'm sure the sports quiz metaphor is leaning heavily to United States type questions. It, well, no, this is no. a Bible quiz. It's a Bible okay. quiz, so you know what? We're all on equal footing. Today, I'm going to call this a, a quiz you can really sink your teeth into. Oh, that is. That's yeah. precious. Yeah. That's so precious. It's a it's a Bible quiz. This is what we should do for this show. You know how you have a little picture that you put up? Yes. Why not put up a picture of a tooth? <laughs> yeah. They're going to uh, think we talked about the tooth fairy. No. Okay. What is the theme of the show? Um, English. English. Proper uh, English. Britishisms, the Queen's English, American I'm going to put a, like a cricket bat. There you maybe go. That's good. We got yeah. off on, on, on like a little side. And if you put like a little Easter egg in there, maybe a mini tooth yeah. in the bottom corner of the, of the bat. Maybe some crown jewels as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. Okay. So quiz. Quiz us, Chris. Okay. Which of the following animals were the Israelites forbidden to eat? In the Old Testament. Sebastian's really good about throwing us a few softballs yes. here. Yeah, I like them. Antelope, rabbit, sheep, or goat? Which were they forbidden to eat? We'll let Old our Testament. guest go first, because yes. that's only Chris, fair. Go ahead. Can I have those four again, please? Uh, antelope. Antelope. Rabbit, sheep, or goat? No. It's not the Rabbit. Okay, they're forbidden to eat this in the Old Testament. So I would say it is the antelope. Okay, Lawrence? I'm going to say rabbit. Okay. I believe it... I believe it is... I think it is the antelope. Okay. Well... It says here that they are forbidden to eat the rabbit. Mm. No split hoof, according to Deuteronomy 14, 3 through 8. Okay. The cloven hoof. But cloven I thought hoof. that rabbit was specifically listed as a clean animal because it does chew its cud. Okay. Well. That's a trivia question within a trivia question. I think rabbits are the exception. I'm, I'm going on uh, Sebastian's. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. Uh, I'm not, I don't mean to argue. Here. Deuteronomy, we could look at Deuteronomy no, the verse, 14. The verse is true, three, but three, I believe you can look it that lists. Up, uh, Lawrence. I believe Deuteronomy it 14, lists three, three, rabbits as clean know. because they chew their cud. Okay. Because rabbits do chew I, their I little pellets. Argue. Yeah. I wouldn't want to argue. They chew but their let's, pellets, let's go gross. with let's go with rabbits. They do so tasty. They do. But uh, so Lawrence gets the point on that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that for, for now. now. I guess I should keep keep uh, score. Here you go. Well. There's Here. a pen. Okay, Lawrence uh, with one. Okay. Uh, the next question: What did the people of the 
it says here Gadarenes, but I think he 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 put Gerasenes. Are there? Is that uh, the they're same both thing? the same place? Okay. Yeah. Uh, ask Jesus to do after he cast the legion of demons out of the possessed man and into the herd of pigs. Perform another miracle. Leave town. Buy them new pigs, or preach to them. This is from Mark chapter five. So what did the people ask Jesus to do after he cast out the demons? Perform a miracle, A, leave town, B, C, is buy them new pigs, or D, preach to them. It's leave town. I actually know this one. Yeah. Leave town. Okay. I believe it's leave town as well. Leave town is correct. None of you get any points in this um, in Sebastian's scoring chart. Yes, none of you. So basically, what you're thinking of is it's if they chew the cud of the beasts. So, so, it, it, so basically, I'll read it here. And every beast that parteth the hoof and cleaveth the cleft into two claws and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that she ye shall eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the cloven hoof, as the camel and the hare. And the coney for oh. the chew the cud, but, for oh. they chew the they cud. They do chew the cud, but, but they don't have the, the hoof. Clove. Therefore, they're unclean yes. to you. Right. So I remembered half of yep. half of it. You cannot eat a brace of conies. No, <laughs> and you don't want uh, you know a camel on a stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, are. one hump or two. Person. So. All right, number three. I'm glad he look. He had done his research here. Yep. He did, and he he's texting right now. Business. Uh, where did Paul see a pagan altar oh inscribed to the unknown god? Where did he see this? Athens. Uh, well, oh, don't sorry. get ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, baristas. Yeah, they just, delivered they just some brought the mother load. So thought. now if you want to come up, there could be much more than an apple and caramel available to you. <laughs> just right. saying. Here are the options for this, uh, for this question. Cyprus, Macedonia, Rome, or Athens. Where did Paul see inscribed to the unknown god? Athens. All right. Yeah, I'll stick with my first Athens answer. for the block. Athens <laughs> is correct. <laughs> Sorry. From Acts chapter 17, Athens is correct. I actually knew those two. How do you know? Uh, Sebastian right. is listening and Zero he's sending points. me verses, so he he knew yep. the verse about chewing the cud. Zero uh, points for for so it's everyone. one to zero to zero Except right now. Sebastian knows his cud. Lawrence. Yeah, his yeah. cud chewers. Yeah. Okay. Next question: What did Rizpa do on the rock of Gibeah for five months? Carried water for the Gibeonites. Prayed. Protected her children's corpse from wild animals, or built an altar and made daily sacrifices. Rizpa. R I Z P A H. What did Rizpa do on the rock of Gibeah for five months? Did she carry water for the Gibeonites? Did she pray? Did she protect her children's corpses from wild animals? Or did she build an altar altar and make daily sacrifices? For five months? Five months on the rock of Gibeah. I'm going to say pray. I think it sounds crazy, but I think she protected her children's corpses. It's so specific, right? Well, I think I've actually, I know this story, or I've read it. 
Well, that's that's good. I've read the Bible. I'm not no. I know. I don't but, remember. But I'm just saying. I, I think I skimmed over Rizpa's uh, <laughs> protection Rizpa's, of the corpses. Yeah, Rizpa's <laughs> first semester <laughs> at Gibeah University. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that um, she was keeping the rabbits away. I think that I think she was she was protecting the rabbits her, her corpses. Corpse, no corpses from they were the, the clover rabbits. around it. All right. The answer is protected her children's corpses. Yeah, from wild because that was the only weird one. Well, yeah, yeah, but I do remember hearing the story. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's weird. Okay, yeah, it is. All right. You know, but that's sometimes where we need to go on this show to keep it real. Yep. All right. This one is. This, this is the last question. This, no, this is not the last one. Oh. The second to last. Who is the second most? That's interesting. It's second to last, the second most. Who is the second most mentioned man in the Bible? Who is the second most mentioned man? Moses, Jesus, David, or Abraham? The second most mentioned. Abraham, Jesus, David, and who? Uh, Moses, Moses, Jesus, David, or Abraham. The second most mentioned. Doesn't I don't think it tells me who the first, who the most mentioned is, but it tells me here. It asks who is the second. Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah, in the Bible. Bible as a whole. Well, I think I would have been fooled on this one. Just to give you an idea, I may have been fooled. Is it Moses, Jesus, David, or? Abraham, Chris Wilson. I feel like those six years of Bible college and seminary are not paying off right now. <laughs> this is, they, I wasted. I'll give my a, answer. Okay. I think it's Jesus. Okay. Second most mentioned man in the Bible. Any other answers? I think it's... Well, I want to give Chris the opportunity. Yeah, to Chris. <laughs> I think it's David. Okay. We know it's probably not Rizpa. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Actually, that's a woman. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Okay, <laughs> she wouldn't put in the category. I think it's. Nope. I think it's Abraham first. That's who and I then think. I think David is second. I think it would be David. Okay, second. so what do we have here? David. For David. Christ. Jesus. David. David. Okay. David is the correct answer. Okay. That is a point for Jared. I'm sure Abraham's number one, just because of so many mentions in the Old Testament. And this is the final. Question. Mm. So it's two to two to one. We're going two for the final two try. To one. This is, you better get this. Who is the first hunter mentioned in the Bible? First hunter Esau, Samson, Cain, or Nimrod? First hunter Esau, Samson, Cain, or Nimrod? Chris Wolseley, do you have your answer? And is this your final answer? <laughs> Esau. Okay, Esau. Nimrod. Nimrod for Lawrence. Nimrod. Nimrod for Jared. And the correct answer is Nimrod. Yeah, he was he Nimrod was the first for a couple of things mentioned in the Bible. Mighty actually. man. He was a mighty man of yeah, valor. He was right? a he was a hunter of men, I believe is what it says there too. So and how did Nimrod become a, a 
pejorative term. Like, uh, yeah. that, that Nimrod. Well, I he's mean, the one that led the, in the city of, of ba- the Tower of Babel. He was correct. the leader. Yes. So Right, but how did that become so negative? Right. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of other. Nimrod. Yeah, a quizzling. You could call him that. Vidkun quizzling. (laughs) Nice. Something, I don't know. Well, we're going to take a short break and distribute the loot brought up here by The Hub. Listeners, stick around. A little more live till 5. This episode 284 on this Friday, October 5th. More live till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more live till 5, 422 p.m. on this Friday, October 5th. Joined in studio by Chris, Chris, and Lawrence. And, uh, you know, our friends down at the Hub, by the way, everyone should visit the Hub daily. Totally worth it. Best coffee, best people, and uh, they never disappoint. And today, they brought us oh my word. five drinks and four bags of loot. Uh, loot to, bags. Yes, loot bags. Literally, uh, ditty bags full of food. Really good food. And we're going to do the... The big scene right now where we describe to you what we're drinking. I would encourage you to stop by the hub when you have time because it's it's really worth it. Some of the nicest people. And, of course, the segment's always brought to us by Hebrews, the hub, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, and some really nice people. Free Wi-Fi, newspaper. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking comfy, about us. Comfy spot. No, well, we are, too, oh, but okay. I wouldn't say it about myself. I mean, no. I let other people say it about me on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio sure. Guam. Okay. And free and free dental job. Yes. Yes. It, we do tooth The radio extraction. show has never been yes, more that's complete. Right. That's right. We're gonna put a barber's pole outside. Uh, yep. You know, a little little historical reference there. Okay, so we're gonna play what's in my coffee for those listening for the first time. This is where we describe to you what we're drinking. We don't know the name of these drinks or what the actual ingredients are. We're tasting them or smelling them or looking at them. We'll describe them to you and then we'll do the big reveal at the end. And then as a bonus this week, we also each have a brown bag that we will reveal what's in our brown bag from the Hub as well. All these things are available down at the Hub, and we really appreciate when you go in there and say, oh, I want what Lawrence had last Friday. Yep. So, And Lawrence is the drink whisperer, so we're going to give him first dibs at describing what he's drinking and what he's eating. Well, it's a hot drink. Uh, it's a tea, for one, but uh, I think it's it's like a, a Mata, Madagascar vanilla bean. Uh, it's just a straight vanilla. I don't think there's any extra shot. I could be mixing missing it. But I really think it's just a standard vanilla tea, black tea, vanilla black tea, uh, really tasty. On a, uh, along with, are we doing this later? Yes. No. Go ahead. Okay. What's in the bag? Uh, I opened it up, and, and much to my enjoyment, there's some blueberries staring back up at me. Okay. And uh, in the midst of a muffin. Okay. Uh, which yes. they've been working the on. <laughs> yes. They've been working. On getting their tops to be larger. Yes. You know, so that being a true, true muffin top uh, is something to be proud of with yeah. these muffins. Yeah, in, when in muffin world it is. Yeah. Um, so. and, and crispy, too. Yeah, and it's they, got oh, a crispy yes, edge to edges. it. Oh. 
And so, uh, yeah, yes. it's and, delicious all and, around. And you're, they're doing it with no paper wrapper on there anymore. Right. So you don't have to like uh, peel Right, you're the not paper missing off. half your muffin. Yeah, because right. that takes an extra three or four seconds. And it by does. then, you know, Lawrence, the moment might be gone. Just a quick question, but how do you eat your muffin? Oh, I, I peel off the crowned edge around the whole top. And then what's left? Well, I'll show you here because I'm, I'm halfway through it. Actually, I already did the first part. That's exactly how Louis so, the Fifteenth did it. He did. He did. Marie Antoinette as well. I, I usually take off all this part, and then there will be like a mound of a really crispy top here, and I'll pop the little muffin top off, and then and then the rest of it is just I don't know. I guess it's just a war of attrition. Then as far yeah. as trying, trying to finish it. Yeah. And then you just stuff it all down. Yeah. War of attrition. <laughs> kind yeah. of like a uh, crown top. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So go. I just keep taking little nibbles of the, of yep. the crispy corners. Yep. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, now, Chris, you got the only ice drink. Uh, can you describe it for our listening audience? No, that's that's they they love it when we do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People love mouth noises. Nice they <laughs> basically put themselves in our shoes. Like that's what I would have done. <laughs> Especially if they're wearing headphones, they love oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah. It's great radio. What's that's a three D mic we have there. Well, it is extremely. What's well, cold? Mm-hmm. And it is extremely milky. Mm. Um, it has a hint of some kind of flavor. Um, is it would, a positive or negative flavor? Like you like well, it? Well, it's no, I do like this. I mean, I don't know why no one volunteered for the cold drink, but I quite like this. Definitely. Well, we, we try to give our guests yeah. reason to come back. It's, it's so, called American hospitality. It's something we do. Yeah. It's sweet, but not too sweet. Okay. And it's milky, but not too milky. Wait till your third trip okay. up here. You that's don't even a great, get a choice. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great description. Sweet, but not too sweet. Milky, but not too milky. And it's the way I like my tea, because I like my tea bag to steep... Longer the than the prescribed okay. four minutes. Yes. Yeah. Just, just let, it, let it stay. So by the time you get to the bottom of the cup, it's like really strong. Okay. So, All right. do you need me to no name the what do you, what's what do you in your think bag? it might be? Well, what do you think the team might be? Like, what do you think the name of the drink might be? Do you know? Well, I think it's got to be an Earl Grey. An Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll know here in a second. What's in your brown bag? The the uh, brown bag special here. I'm allowed to have a peek. Yes, you're allowed you know? to have a peek, oh, and I then peaked. you can eat the whole thing. For a Captain Cook. T- top and all. Oh boy. It's a bag inside a bag. bag. Oh, this, oh, this just keeps on giving here. Is this something that they threw overboard in Bagel Boston Harbor? Cheese? Yeah. Well, this is a muffin. Oh, it's a muffin. It's a muffin. Ooh. Uh-oh. And, it's a, and it's the way I like my muffins. Yes. Oh. How's that? Where it's nice and crispy and hard on top. Yep. 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 You can yeah. take the whole thing off. Oh, yeah. 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 It comes it off in like one little flying click. saucer of deliciousness. Yep. Right so into it, the gullet. It, uh, <laughs> it's got some... <laughs> It's got some brown things in it. Yes. Chocolate so chips. I would think they're chocolate Cap- chips. Cappuccino, yes. yeah. Cappuccino Maybe, chunk yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Cappuccino, yeah. That is it looks world great. famous. I think world I can smell famous. it from here. It's, it smells like cappuccino. There you it go. Does. Awesome. Chris, what does yours taste like? I have a... I'm, I'm not sure what this drink is, if I'm honest. I it's not It doesn't have a tea bag in it. Okay. So it's not a tea. It tastes... It's not cider, because you'd be smiling bigger no, than not, you are right it's now. It's not cider. It's very good, though. <laughs> it's a sweet drink. Maybe it's a maybe it's a latte or something. Okay. Um, it's a sweet mm. and sort of a milky drink. Um, yeah, it's probably, not, it could be a vanilla latte. Mm. A caramel or vanilla latte. Tastes great. It could be a... It could even be like a... 
A white mocha? I, don't, yeah. I have no. I just have okay. no. Sense. That's all right. But but it's sweet and it's good and I like. But it's it. not okay. tea and it's good. It's right. not tea. So there you go. And it left a, a positive toddy. impression. Well, what could be a hot toddy? What could be? <laughs> hopefully not. Flaming rum punch. No, Chris won't not, get home. Not. Uh, I I wonder if uh, along with the English theme we have up here, what non-tea hot drink? Yeah, I asked them to give us as many English-themed things as possible, and they said, "Well, what is that?" I said, "Well." You know, it could be a chai. Does it? Could be a chai. I think right. it could be a chai. Which, you know, ever since uh, is that the, an English thing? I well, you know, it's the, a tea. So a good English. The imperial uh, occupation no of chance. all the Eastern Indies, of course. Yeah, it could be chai. <laughs> no, no, no. A good Englishman is never going to order a chai. No, no, exactly. He'll yeah, be, but still, as far as in the interpretation of mm-hmm. give us English things. They hear tea and would yeah. probably maybe deliver a, on that. A young it's probably a chai latte. Yeah. A young hipster in London. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. But That'd be a, a dirty chai. A backpacker. Yeah, yes. right. This He's, is what an English backpacker yeah. was. He's probably living in a, like a, I don't know. A, a, a hostel. A, well, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And uh, let's, what let's are you eating there? This. Yeah, what's in the brown this, bag? This, yeah. is a, this is a blueberry yep. muffin. But look how it has a little... Yeah, like it's got an extra ridge yeah. there. It's got a, an extra ridge around the side, which it's got is a little bloom. It kind of looks like a cowboy hat on top there, really. Right. The, the yeah. flat brim in the front curled up on the sides and back. But I like these. It so. looks like a uh, cricket ball that exploded. Yep. It looks undercooked. Yeah. No. <laughs> which is perfect. No. Okay. I know right. what I was going to say. Maybe this would be maybe this would be drunk by like a hipster living in a caravan. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Or a van by the river. (laughs) Yeah, no, a caravan that has certain connotations. We're going to talk about some of those uh, crossover words here in a moment. Connotations. I'm drinking my hot drink, and it uh, has a tea bag sticking out the back. I can see the little string. It's sweet. I believe it's a London fog, which is a vanilla tea with a creamy steamed milk and water. Or Earl Grey. Or it could be Earl Grey. I've had it both ways. And then. with a, a vanilla seasoning, and I think this is the sugar-free So you edition. might have the hot version of what he yes, has. Yes, but this might be sugar-free uh-huh. because they know I like sugar-free. You know how to get those, too. You always pick them. number one. So, uh, yeah, for some reason, I'm just attracted to that aspartame that's going to yep, give me problems later on. Um, and inside, ooh, I have a cappuccino chunk muffin. Mm. Listening audience, I'm putting it right up to the microphone so you can get a good whip. Man, it's got to be streaming ooh. into your car if, ooh, right now. If there's anyone right You're now. You're so lucky. If there's anyone putting their nose by their speaker right now. Yep. Yep. That's Yeah, it's, well, it's, the, it's the closest thing to smell a vision. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's sniffer vision. Okay. Well, <laughs> the big reveal, it's time. It's time. And the listeners are like, Yes, it's definitely been time. Yep. Yeah. We already Five turned over to late. National Public Radio and we're back. Aren't you done with this segment yet? Okay, number one, it's a London fog. That's what I have. A London Nailed fog. Nailed it. Number two is still in the box here. Number three, iced London fog. That's Chris. Yep. Yeah. Number four, organic breakfast tea with milk. Who's I didn't that? get my. That's me. No. But I didn't get it right. I You're guess an the vanilla. Organic breakfast tea. I, I didn't even know milk. if that what that tea was. So. And then Chris has the fall special. What is that? Pumpkin white mocha. Pumpkin. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can. Yeah. So there's chocolate, pumpkin, and coffee all in there. Did wow. I not say white mocha? Could you did yes. say white. Okay. And you throw the pumpkin in there. This is basically. It's great. What the pilgrims who were fleeing religious oppression in uh, England started drinking when they made it to the New World. Well, I just saw Is Chris take right? one drink so. and reached in his pocket and pulled out crispy fall leaves. That's how oh, that's yes. how much fall that's is right. involved in that yes. drink. The, the 
boy, what a wonderful day it is. Listeners, you're <laughs> you're lucky to be with us on a day like today, and I know that's probably what you're saying yep. to yourself right now. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, want to talk about uh, some more Briticisms, ways that they say things in the U.K. and uh, the colonies that uh, Americans might not say them exactly the same way. you got to hear this, so stick around a little more live till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. Chris and Chris are still in the studio with me. Lawrence had to make a run for it. Sebastian's in the dental chair right now getting his tooth glued back on. Casualty of the show. But someone, our resident baker, made us some delicious, delicious caramel apples with sugar, homemade caramel, sugar, uh, I'm sorry, pecans, and uh, chocolate drizzle on Granny Smith apples that had already been halved so there were no seeds placed on a little stick. So tasty, so tasty. Thank you, Jessica, the baker, and uh, Sebastian, I do hope your tooth feels better when this is all said and done. He uh, put a lot of work into this show and wasn't able to enjoy it as much as we were. Then our friends down at the Hub brought us all this good stuff, and we're all drinking different... uh, Drinks, whether it's the drink of the month, the fall drink, or whether it's one of the uh, tea drinks that they brought for us. So really enjoying that. And today, the theme is English. And really, some of the differences between British English and American English. Found this article on Grammarly.com. So uh, they talk about here, American English words that are missing from British English. So Chris Wolseley, of course, uh, has... He's Irish, Australian, and American. He's all three. And so he is an expert in all these. He just became an American citizen this this summer, right? You got your citizenship in April. In April, April, that's right. And then uh, how many years did you spend in Australia? Uh, 20-some. And how many, but you were born in Ireland. Born in Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, that's a distinction. British slash Irish. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to read off some of these things, and you guys can chime in any time. And then, of course, Chris Harper, has a, he's, a, as he said, an Anglophile. He just loves things English, like an English breakfast. Matter of fact, Chris, Chris Harper. Yes. Tell us about this uh, newfangled English breakfast idea that you and uh, Deb are going to try out. So last night on the BBC, we saw a video. I follow all the BBC channels on Facebook. One of them had a woman who had invented a way to make a full English breakfast in a crock pot. Wow. Yes. So what you do is you take the beans, you take the uh, mushrooms, you take the tomatoes, you take all of it, uh, the sausages, the uh, bacon, all of that, and you put it, you, you put them in separate um, mugs. In the crock pot. Like earthenware mugs. Earthenware mugs. You set them down into the crock pot, and then you, around the outside, standing up straight, you put the bacon and the sausages and all that standing up around it, and you pack it all in there tight, and then you let that 
stay in the crock pot. And there's some instructions in there for how long you do it. But people, people in the UK were skeptical about this because they said, do you know you can make a full English in a crock pot? And so they gave this full English to people right on the street. And they said, here, taste this. And they're, ah, this is no good. They started to eat it, and they all gave it either a 9 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. Nothing less than that. Wow. So You definitely need amazing. to try that, and you need to We're document it. it. Document yeah. it with with some pictures. Yeah, I should do that, Because yeah. that would be really neat. Yeah. You know, maybe have Stephen do, do it. Let Stephen do the the, good idea. the photog, and we'll give him a a good credit idea. for that. So yeah. We could make it a full Irish breakfast. Full what, Irish. What, is it, what are the distinctions? Uh, the full Irish has black pudding. Right. And... Oh. White pudding. Oh. Okay. And that's yeah. not, just for um, those listening at home, that's not the same as jello pudding. <laughs> no, not at all. Not even not, close. Not at all. There's no, there's, there's no uh, pudding pops coming out of this. Um, no, not, not the same. Okay, so. Just Google it. <laughs> along with, this is from the article from Grammarly, American English words missing from British English. Along with groundhogs and woodchucks, other living things earned uniquely American monikers. One of them was the ladybug. Uh, let's see. Um, which they don't have. They do have back in the United Kingdom. American space, the word repel, the act of descending from a height using a rope on the French word for recall. Across the pond, German language inspired abseiling, the British word for the same action. Uniquely American foods such as s'mores don't have British equivalents because they are still relatively unknown. In the UK, so there is no British equivalent to a s'more. There's just s'mores, but British words missing from American English. Put on your anorak, check the pillar box, and see if my business partner sent over the higher purchase. That's that's uh, three things that probably make perfect sense to Chris. Absolutely. Uh, it means put on your jacket, check the mailbox, and see if my business partner sent over the installment plan. Well, your anorak is. It's more than just a jacket. It's it's like a, um, uh, I won't say a, a raincoat, but... Like a trench coat, it's almost? It's a coat that you put out that keeps the water off. Okay, yeah. Like would you, a, would yeah. you wear it in the same weather that you would wear your balaclava? <laughs> <laughs> well, is that where London, Flog, London Fog uh, is, a, is a brand of jackets? And I always picture that as like one of those khaki-colored long raincoats or trench coat that like a businessman wears uh, to keep the water off of their suits. That's an anorak, I think. Maybe. With I don't your, know. With your welly boots. With your welly boots. Okay. Perhaps now. you could wear a snood <laughs> yeah, around oh your neck as well. So, a vocabulary difference. Words exist in both languages but mean quite different things. For example, if you requested a caretaker in England, you might be introduced to someone holding a broom and a dustpan. There, a caretaker is a person who cleans and maintains a building. To Americans, a caretaker is someone who takes care of someone, such as a child or a sick person, or who looks after property while the owner is away. Other Briticisms are famous. Uh, like, have you ever ridden on a lift? Our lift happens to be broken right now. Yeah. Uh, spellings also. One man is responsible for many of the spelling differences that exist between American and British English. His name... Noah Webster. Yes, the same Webster of Webster's Dictionary. He decided that Americans should be independent, not only politically, but also lexically. That's why you'll notice that the extra U in some British words, like color, armor, and humor, American English tends to uh, get rid of that U. So, And English, uh, American English ends with I-Z-E, 
rather than the British I-S-E, the E-R ending of words like theater and center is reversed in British English words. So there you go. That explains that. Uh, Grammar. And I had not thought about this, but this makes a lot of sense. In British English, you have to use the present perfect for recent actions that affect the present. Example, I've broken your vase. Will you forgive me? Um, I, I don't know if they say it like that, but I've broken your vase. Will you forgive me? That's how they say it in British English. Vaz. American, Yeah, your vase. Will you forgive me? Can I You'd send Charles out to pick up a new one? So in America, they say this. I broke your vase. Will you forgive me? Instead of... I I have broken your vase. Will you forgive me? They just say, we say, I broke your vase. American English is tolerant of present perfect. This is for all our English nerds listening right now. But it's not as understanding of Britain's past participles. In the following sentence, Americans would use gotten as the past participle of the verb get, leaned in the place of lent, and spoiled instead of spoilt. For example, you have got much better at breaking things. It's because you've lent too hard against the furniture. Now it's spoilt. So that's a whole different way of saying the same things. So let's do a little exercise here. <clears throat> and by exercise, I don't mean exercise, exercise, but we need a word game. Like caramel. Oh, boy. So we're going to do a little word thing. I want to read to you what the American word is, and you tell me what the British um, English word might be. For example, suspenders. Hmm. Braces. Braces is correct. Wow, didn't know that one. A cookie or a cracker. Biscuit. Biscuit, yeah. Uh, In America, we call one of those little hex-headed tools an Allen wrench. What do they call it in Britain? Don't know that one. It makes sense once you hear it. An Allen key. Oh, yeah, I've seen that on packaging. Yeah, an, an Allen, Allen key. key. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, advice columnist. An advice columnist in America. Yeah. Has more of a, a slang name in the UK. Do you an know it? Advice what? columnist. Yep. Mm. That's like someone who writes in a newspaper. Yeah. 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 Like we have Dear Abby. She's an advice columnist. In the UK, they call her an agony aunt or aunt. Agony aunt. Never heard of that before. Okay, a washcloth in America. Hmm. Face cloth. Face cloth, yep, or flannel. A sidewalk. Mm. Footpath. Footpath or footway, yes. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Let's see here. A garbage can. Dustbin. Yep. Rubbish bin. Rubbish bin, yeah. Mm -hmm. What do they call a pacifier for a baby in the UK? Dummy. A dummy. That's mm. right. Uh, that's what they call the dad in America. <laughs> <laughs> Who forgot the pacifier. Yeah, exactly. That's why. Uh, let's see. At McDonald's Play Place uh, in 1997. Anyway, um, a robe or a bathrobe in America is called what in England? A uh, robe or bathrobe. Uh, it's a, a bre- uh, what do you call it? A, a, um, I think I remember a, this a in coat, A Christmas uh, Carol. They. You know, oh, Ebenezer Scrooge is sitting there in his. Yeah, it's a. Oh man, I know this. Um, the second word is gown. Dressing gown. Dressing, dressing gown. gown. There you go. Of course. 
It's on the tip of my tongue. That's that's muffin. in Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes, right. Yeah. He's sitting in his dressing gown. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see here. Did you just say that? I did. I was too actually. busy thinking it's of the word. It's okay. It's all right. We're, <laughs> we're we're good. We're good. Everyone knows here. So uh, let me let me flip over. There's so many good ones here. Um, okay, in America we call the candy jelly beans. What are they called in the UK? Wow, don't know that one. Jelly beans. <laughs> jelly babies. Jelly babies. Really? Apparently. Nah, um, elementary nah. school. No. I found it on the internet. It no, has to no, be true. No, no, no. Elementary school in America. Elementary school. Grammar school or primary school? Primary school. Primary or junior school. Junior school. Truck. A truck. Like a four wheel drive a, truck. A lorry? Lorry. Lorry. That's right. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, this one was. I've, I've never heard this before, but a bullhorn. A bullhorn. You know, mm. like a. Yeah. What do they call that in the UK? Megaphone. Megaphone. There's another word they have listed here. It makes sense. It's a loud hauler. Never loud hailer. Sorry, loud oh, hailer. It's hailer. small print. Loud hailer. Never heard of that. A flatbed truck. A flatbed lorry. I don't know what that would be. I don't know. A low loader. Low loader. What do they call? They use for the word math in America. What do they say? Maths. In maths. They have a s on the end of it. Maths. Maths. Chris is good at maths. He's an accountant. Um. Let's see here. A uh, diaper. You never heard of that? Diaper. Nappy. Nappy. Uh, tic-tac-toe in, in America. What is it called in Britain? Knots and crosses. Knots and crosses, right. And then the card game Solitaire in America is called what in the UK? Uh, 21. Nope. Different what? game. No, not 21. Um, patience. Patience is correct. There you go. Oh. And... I never heard this before. An electrical outlet in America is called what in the UK? Socket. Mm, well, probably since you've lived there, I, I have to take that answer. But it says PowerPoint. Never heard that before. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. An appetizer at an American restaurant would be a what? And I've seen this appearing in more American menus now anyway. Entree. Starter. A starter. And then a check mark in America is what in the UK? Tick. A tick. There you go. Chris, you do know your own language. That's very good. That's very good. That was something that we're a little suspect there, I yeah. have to say. All right. Well, must I, be an American website. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it probably was, actually. It's probably some high school kid did it for their homeschool project. When it was the New York Times. Well, I have so many more things to talk about. about Australia and rugby and things like that, but I think I'm going to hold it and I'm going to use that for a different uh, broadcast sometime later down the road. But what I want to do is, since we just have a couple minutes left anyway, we'll kind of break from the the hilarious that we've had uh, this last almost two hours. We'll kind of wrap up the show with something a little more a little more serious. Just want to hear a little bit about. Um, uh, well, actually, I want to mention this, and then you guys can comment on this. I have, every week, I've been trying to go through different countries from the World Watch List, uh, 50 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus, from Open Doors Ministries. And um, this week, I have two countries I'd like to just mention. We made it all the way to uh, countries number 28 and 29, 
Country number 28 is Kazakhstan. And they have a population of 18 million. Four million of them claim to be Christians. Uh, and violence is relatively low there. I mean, it's higher than it would be in a free country like America. But the persecution on church life and private life are very high. Since 2010, the Kazakhstan regime has enacted strict media policies and legislative restrictions to keep all religions, including Christianity, under control. And the prayer points here, pray for healing and courage for those in Kazakhstan and Central Asia who are beaten and imprisoned for leaving Islam. Pray for the salvation of government authorities and pray for Christian leaders under surveillance um, that they would experience peace and rest. You know, this country, Kazakhstan, I don't know if I've ever met anyone from Kazakhstan, but uh, this is one of those places that uh, desperately needs the gospel. And even though there's not much religious freedom there, they do have Christians that are practicing their faith every day there, even at the threat of public and private persecution. But here's country number 29. I've never thought of this country as a place of persecution for Christianity. Ethiopia. Ethiopia has only a population of 100 million. And the reason why I think I've not really considered this as a place of persecution, but it ranks as number 29 out of 50, 61,956, 61 million claim to be Christians. Mm -hmm. So uh, two-thirds of the country claim to be Christians, yet Islamic oppression has a high level of violence, church life, national life, community life, family life, and private life pressure. In Ethiopia, Christians are subject to persecution from the government, Islam, secularism, and Ethiopian Orthodox Church. The government restricts freedom of religion, while some conservative Muslims pose challenges for believers, especially converts. Secularism bans religious broadcasting and religious activities within schools and diminishes the right to worship, teach, and preach. Those who leave the Ethiopian Orthodox Church face persecution from family and community members. This is the first one out of the 29 that I've read so far where some of the persecution is coming from another group that actually claims to be Christians as well. Right. So it's not just Muslim persecution or secular persecution, but it's actually uh, persecution by people that call themselves Christians. When I think of Ethiopia in my era, Ethiopia was the um, sort of the African poster child for uh, famine. Yes. And so yep. you would see all the commercials and most of the starving children and thing you, things you would see right. were from Ethiopia, and they would have sort of... You could sponsor would, children in Ethiopia. Right. and they would have it sort of hot-spotted on a map, so I sort of remember where it's located, because they would show you yep. this is where people are starving. So that's that's mostly what I remember about Ethiopia. Yep. Chris, um, you've, you've been abroad quite a bit. You lived in Australia, you came from the UK. You've, you've got to travel the world a lot. Um, what is it like, like when you get to go to, you go to the Marshall Islands a lot. What's the religious temperature down there? What do you, what do you foresee as the uh, religious needs, spiritual needs down there in the Marshall Islands? Well, they, they, uh, they claim to be uh, believers, but the, um, the uh, predominant churches down there are Protestant um, and to a lesser degree the Mormon church. So their belief is you've got to do stuff, hmm. keep doing, doing in order to get yourself into heaven. Yeah. So how do you, uh, in this last two or three minutes we have here, what's, what would be a way to um, help people see that it's not by our good works? I mean, what do they need to hear 
from true believers in order to be shown the truth of the gospel? Well, um, I've had a number of opportunities to speak to them, and again, when you're speaking to them, they're always talking about doing stuff. So I have one simple question for them, and that is, when do they think they've done enough? Mm. And the look on their face is like, they've never thought about that before. And then if the opportunity begs itself, then it gives me the opportunity to uh, to share what I mean by that hmm. and to share yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And you're down there in the Marshall Islands regularly because of your job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've well, seen both sides of it. Yeah. yeah. The dark and the, and the... I mean, there are a couple... There's, there's a number of churches down there that are Bible-believing churches. Uh, we sponsor uh, a couple of those uh, missionaries here at Harvest. And uh, but they're located um, in pockets on the island, and they're surrounded by complete darkness spiritually. Mm. Mm. Now, if you contrast that maybe to back in the UK, what would you say is the greatest spiritual need back there? Um, well, it's the same. It's they have this um, idea of um, having to do stuff. Um, when you talk about being a a a Christian, you believe God. Yeah, yeah, I believe God, but. I'm going to go off and do this stuff uh, that may not be seen to be too spiritual. But when you ask about the same question about um, going to heaven, it's, well, we're doing it. Mm. We're doing it now. We haven't done it yet, but we're doing it. Wow. So it's still based on their own good works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that's and, a- Ar- and, and Ireland's the same. I mean, they have a um, um, predominantly Catholic um religion down in the south of Ireland, and they're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. The whole world, uh, so many people claim to be Christians, but they're relying on their own good works, and they're denying the power that Christ can save us because we can't do enough good works. And um, that's what someone shared with you at one time, and uh, God's saved you. You're not perfect, I'm sure, Um, but uh, God saved you. Yeah. Ask my wife. Yeah, <laughs> I might. So, well, we'll have to have you back again, Chris, because we still have, I have, I, I barely got into my material that I wanted to talk to you about today, but this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming by today, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's probably, uh, hopefully it was a nice uh, break away from your norm today. So glad to have you here today, Chris. Absolutely. Thank All right. You very much. Chris Harper, thanks for being here today as well. Not like you get a choice. You, yeah, thank you. work you. up here. But yeah. <laughs> awesome. And listeners, thanks for sticking around and being with me during this show. All two hours of it, live till 5, every Friday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. Today's episode, 284, is on Friday, October 5th, here at the KHMG Studios. And you're listening to us on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.